raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Good morning. It is Friday, February 24th. It's five minutes after 10. His name is Rob Kendall. My name is Casey Daniels, and we are so glad that you're joining us this morning. So the Ohio toxic train wreck was 100% preventable. But there's no evidence the crew did anything wrong. That's what investigators are saying. There's video of the train before the derailment. It showed what appeared to be an overheated wheel bearing. We're specifically looking at car number 23. Investigators are focusing on that car. And the footage shows that sparks were flying from underneath the train. And investigators are looking into what may have caused it. But the transportation secretary, Buttigieg, he went and visited the site yesterday. And he warned the railroad is responsible for the derailment. They said that Norfolk Southern has to fulfill their promises to clean up the mess just outside of East Palestine, Ohio and help the town recover. Casey, you know this as a mother. You know this as someone who has been in management for years in this industry. Mm -hmm. No matter how well you try to do something and how much attention you pay to it, accidents, mistakes Mm -hmm. are going to happen. Sure. No, no No matter how much attention to detail, no matter how much oversight, no matter whatever, Things are going to happen. Mm-hmm. And so it's not the thing that happens unless there is some sort of just absolute gross negligence. It is how you respond to the thing that is happening that judges kind of whether you're a success or a failure. And in the case of Pete Buttigieg and the Transportation Department and our gov- our federal government as a collective under Joe Biden, and let's face it, under Trump as well, I don't think we are naive enough to ever demand or believe that government will be perfect. But what we do expect is that when there is gross, there are just horrific things happening, mistakes, whatever, that government will respond in an efficient and effective manner. And I think that is where the overwhelming frustration with Buttigieg and Biden is on this, Mm -hmm. is the lack of response to the issue. And then in the classic Pete Buttigieg fashion, as you just mentioned, it's always someone else's fault and someone else has always got to pay. And I'm going to try to deflect and dodge and duck my culpability in this because let's face it, Pete Buttigieg didn't go there for two reasons. One, he doesn't give a damn about those people because they aren't going to vote for him or his boss. And two... He's worried about getting sick. Those are the two reasons Pete Buttigieg is not there. Mm -hmm. They aren't going to vote for him. They're not likely voters. There's no upside politically to be there. There's no pot of gold at the end of that rainbow, unlike a San Francisco or New York. And he don't want to get sick. He is not doing his job for those two reasons. A lot of people in Ohio saying that it was a real slap in the face to them, especially because Biden went and visited Ukraine before going to Ohio. Well, he hasn't even been to Ohio. And he's neglecting his domestic responsibilities while giving away millions of dollars to Ukraine. Yes. And so yesterday when Pete Buttigieg finally did answer questions, when he wasn't ducking into uh, buildings and leaving his press secretary to be (laughs) left for dead and then her refusing to answer questions if the cameras were on, um, he did finally answer some questions, and the excuse of Palooza uh, was out in full force. Was it a mistake not to come here sooner? 
You know, what I tried to do was balance two things. My desire to be involved and engaged and on the ground, which is uh, uh, how I am uh, generally wired to act, and my desire to follow the norm of transportation secretaries, allowing NTSB to really uh, lead the initial stages of the public-facing work. Okay, so that is so, I mean, that is so weak for so many reasons. Number one, nobody thinks that Pete Buttigieg is going to be actively there digging through rubble with a microscope and a lab kit. And you know, nobody expects that or thought that was going to happen. This idea that he goes, well, I've respected norms of the past and not shown mm-hmm. up. And all that. Mm-hmm. You can still show up and mm-hmm. say, Hey, we are here with you. Mm-hmm. We 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 grieve for you. The federal government is is authorizing its full force of resources to help you people get back on your feet while the investigation is going on. None of that would have remotely interfered or doctored or anything any sort of investigation. He's looking for excuses to try to distract from why he didn't go. Well, it's Exactly. He's he's looking for excuses. And, you know, a lot of people are saying he looked like Dukakis when he put on that spacesuit because he showed up wearing dress boots and he looked completely uncomfortable with the hard hat. And another thing that I'd like to point out, when this happened, he was talking about racism in construction sites and how there's all these white men in communities that aren't sure full of white people and and then what happened when he was there he was surrounded by all of these white men in um hard hats but so that's why he didn't go earlier rob he didn't have a thing to wear (laughs) um all right here's more uh weak excuses from pete on why he waited so long to go first tweet expressing concern for the residents of East Palestine a week and a half after the accident happened. In hindsight, was that waiting too long to express anything hours after you had addressed the makeup of work crews on highway construction projects just that very day? The answer to your question is yes. I felt strongly about this and uh, could have expressed that sooner. Again, I was taking pains to respect the the role that I have and the role that I don't have, but that should not have stopped me from weighing in about how I felt about what was happening to this community. Okay, so can you imagine, Casey, like any job where the boss, because of anything related to transportation, he is the boss. So the CEO, you want to use football, a football coach. Like, can you imagine any job where the people under you are not performing, there is some huge event related to, okay, here's an example. Do you think towards the end of the Super Bowl, right, incredibly exciting Super Bowl, Chiefs come down on the last end of the game. Now, Andy Reid calls the plays. He's the coach for the Chiefs. But can you imagine, let's say Andy Reid was not the play caller for the Chiefs, that he would have just been like, to the offensive coordinator, final drive of the game, Super Bowl on the line, hey, brah, you just call whatever you want. And I'm really going to respect your uh, uh, your uh, your authority to call the plays, and I I'm just going to lean back here and say, hey, whatever play you want to call, I'm going to respect. No, of course not. You're when you are a leader, when you're a CEO, when you're an agency head, mm-hmm. your job is to lean into everything that goes on of any semblance of importance. Now, are you counting how many paper clips or how many pencils? No, of course not. But when there is a national disaster mm-hmm. and it involves transportation, mm-hmm. as the transportation secretary, mm-hmm. you're expected to be there. Yeah. 
So he's been taking um, a lot of bullets for the president on this. And that has come out. And I'm wondering, is that is that his people pushing that narrative? That he he's the one who's getting all of the blame for this, even though it is the Biden administration? It, okay, it, okay, but again, let's use a football analogy. It mm-hmm. is the Biden administration. Mm-hmm. But part of being an NFL coach, right, is you're not overseeing everything. You're putting people in charge of things to oversee them. And then on the major consequential, you know, hey, it's a goal line stand and the playoffs are on the line. Yeah, you're going to weigh into what sort of defense we're running there. But week two, first and 10 from the 20 in a regular season game, you're probably not screaming in the defensive coach's ear. There is a difference, right, on when you're there and when you're not. But overall, you put the people in charge. And Pete Buttigieg is somebody that Biden has put in charge who is brutally unqualified to do it about anything that doesn't involve the military. If, they, if, if they'd put him in something in the military, he might have had a, a snowball's idea and you know what about what's going on mm-hmm. but he doesn't because he's never done anything other than be in the military he was a disastrous mayor i'll leave i'll turn it over to you to talk about what sort of mayor he was <laughs> well he took those one lane streets and made them two ways i it is um he and he he installed a light installation so not it, to prevent crime it was strictly ornamental it rests on biden in the sense of he put an unqualified doofus mm-hmm. in charge of something that is actually really important okay and that's what i'm saying it rests on biden that he put somebody who's unqualified in that position so everybody is attacking Pete Buttigieg, yeah, and and that almost sounded like an apology that he was making. I I should have I could have expressed this sooner. But he's never he's not accepting any actual blame, which is I have failed the people of this area mm-hmm. and I have failed the people of this country, but he fails on everything, Casey. Right, you got the supply chain issues that you remember all those ships were just oh, yeah. out in the ocean, mm-hmm. they couldn't get into port because mm-hmm. well, they weren't vaccinated. And then of course all <laughs> of the flights that were canceled yep. and he was on paternity leave forever yep. and when there was the rail strike, he where was he? Oh, he was in Portugal and now this he takes 3 weeks to get to a place that's, you know, you and I could have driven oh, yeah. to Ohio dozens of times yes. in uh, this amount of time. It took a, him to get there. He is a person who wants the power and prestige of being in government. He doesn't actually want to do the work required to be good at government. And that is about everyone not named Rand Paul or Thomas Massey in our government right now. Well, it's about, you know what it is? It's somebody who likes to do a lot of the talking. Sure. He wants to be on TV? Right, but not any of the sure. action that goes along with and it. And we, we, look, we ultimately, we are to blame. We as a collective, because we keep rewarding these people. We keep voting for these people. Real quick before I get to a break, mm-hmm. uh, CNN had a resident of, uh, of East Palestine um on their program Mm -hmm. and uh, asked him about Mayor Pete's response or lack thereof and I thought had a a pretty measured take on this. Uh, Secretary uh, Pete Buttigieg, the transportation sector is going to go to East Palestine today weeks after this happened and he's conceded, look, it's, you know, lesson learned, should have gone earlier. What can he do on the ground today that would actually help you guys? I think that for a lot of people, it's a little... No matter what happens right now, it's going to seem very late uh, on the federal response. This happened on the 3rd of February. So um, I think he's just going to have to really 
dig deep and find the right words to uh -huh. to soothe people's minds. Did he find the right words? When he said, I lost my train yeah, of thought. Yeah, it's unbelievable, right? Uh, there's one update that I did want to give okay, everybody. Great. You know how um, they were reporting that about 3,500 aquatic animals were killed because mm -hmm. of this accident? Yesterday, they provided new estimates, and they said that that total is more like over 43,000 animals within a five-mile area have perished because of this accident. Oh, that's a lot. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and again, the question is, where are the environmental crazy people? Mm -hmm. You know, it's amazing when it's a Democrat failure on the environment. Where, where, where are the environment? They're oddly silent. I thought any, I thought one fish. Now you can kill a human all you want, a little baby, but uh, one fish, one fish life lost mm -hmm. is one fish life lost. Uh, too many. Oh yeah, that's funny, Kev. You can laugh at that. That's 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 funny. Um, <laughs> all right, Casey. When mm -hmm. we come back, mm -hmm. interesting story from the Wall Street Journal about how. Older parents are moving back in with their adult children. Yeah, we mentioned that when we spoke with uh, Mark Deedle earlier, and we've got the stats for you. We're going to share it with you coming up from 93 WIBC. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba -da -ba -ba -ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. When St. Jude opened in 1962, childhood cancer was considered incurable. Since then, St. Jude has helped push the overall survival rate from 20% to more than 80%. St. Jude won't stop until no child dies from cancer. Join me today in supporting St. Jude by calling 1-800-411-9898. That's 1-800-411-9898 to become a partner in hope. Your gift to St. Jude could last a lifetime. Oh, I went back to Ohio But my family was gone 1021, it is Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC Trending this hour, Taylor Swift Forbes has revealed that she was 22's highest paid female entertainer well, Are there that many scorned 16 to 25 year old women out there yes yes there are Rob. are there really <laughs> yeah apparently i mean she is casey she is 33 years old mm -hmm. she is 33 years old like i don't know at what age it is but at some age as a woman you are responsible for your own dating choices mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. like i don't know john mayer personally <laughs> but i do know enough to know that He's probably not the guy that's going to love you forever. <laughs> you should go that knowing, I, know that going in. I mean, isn't there, you know, it's like when you do uh, whatever, you've got to read the terms of service. Mm -hmm. And I would think in a John Mayer type relationship, the terms of service would mean this will be an adventurous mm -hmm. few months, mm -hmm. year, whatever. But that is not the guy that... You're going to wake up to every day 
snuggling for the rest of your existence where he's going to be telling you how wonderful you are. I think those terms of service could also go with Leonardo DiCaprio as and well. And at what point do people realize, like, that is what she is? Well, in her terms of service, is if you're going to go into a relationship with her, just know there's going to be a song written about yeah, when you break her heart. At what point do we have to accept the personal responsibility for our choices <laughs> in people, right? Yeah. Also trending, Hamilton County for a once-in-a-lifetime event. I don't know if you've heard about this, but there is going to be a total solar eclipse in April of 24. Will it be a total eclipse of the heart? Yes! Uh, And the people of Hamilton County are already getting ready for it because of the influx of tourists. This eclipse is going to turn the sky dark around 1.50 on April 8th of 2024. Wait, wait, you can only see it in Hamilton County? Well, that's going to be right in the center of it. That's where the heart of it is going to be. It's going to go, you know, it goes across the country, and there's that line uh-huh. of the eclipse, sure. and Hamilton County will be right in the middle that's of pretty it. pretty wild. Yeah. Also trending this hour, Good Friday, for some reason. Today is not Good no, Friday. No, not even close yet. Right. But it has been trending all morning long. Good Friday why? actually hits on April 7th. Yeah, What? why? I, because people are misinformed. That's why we're no here. Way. There, want to put that out there's there. There's no way. There's no way people think Good Friday is today. There are people all over social media right now saying, happy Good Friday. And it's Good Friday. It is not Good Friday today. That is You're lying 7th. to me. You started this what? segment with Kev. You and Kev, I saw you and Kev no. doing hand signals Why with each other be- before the segment. And little mm. whispers and mm. whatever you were doing. No, no. you wanted to And you were saying, we're going to get robbed. No, you know what we were, Kevin and I were talking about is our final trending story. Oh. And it may only be trending here in the studio. Oh. Uno Gold has a new song coming out on March 3rd. And it's called Sing My Songs. When is this out? It's uh, March third. And where can so people? One week. Where can people get the? Will, will they be able to get this? Uh, it will be on Spotify, Apple Music, uh, YouTube, pretty much any streaming service you can think of. Who writes your songs? Like who is the Bernie Taupin of Uno Gold? Well, <laughs> the uh, singer and uh, guitar player. He will come up with an idea. Uh-huh. Sometimes it will just be a riff, or it'll be like a full song structure. So it's like a, it's like this is like a Led Zeppelin type of thing, where Jimmy Page is writing the music, and then the lyrics fit the music. Is that right? Yeah, I think he writes the lyrics after, yeah. but he basically brings his ideas to us, and then we kind of come up with our own parts to it. Yeah. And then they all get together, and boom, song. So are you like the Don Henley of Uno Gold, where you are the pompous ass that ruins the fun for everyone? <laughs> I mean, a phenomenally talented person, but you are the final you are the final boss at the end of the end of the video game that it has to go through i mean what what I role do you play in this i don't i don't shoot any songs down if that if that's what you mean i mean i feel like i'm pretty uh diplomatic like who is the boss of uno gold who decides this is okay this is our song let's roll with it like does do you all collectively can anybody veto well, we all we all discuss it 
Yeah. And then I uh, upload the music. So mm-hmm. I guess you could say in a He's way the I have yeah. the I have the final say. Yeah. We we usually discuss these. <laughs> That's things right, first. Kevin. All right. You take control well, of that band. Don next, Henley next... doesn't doesn't Don Henley sing and play drums? Oh yeah. Too? Yeah. I mean, you know, Hotel California and yeah. Et so I'm, I'm similar to him in that way. Yeah. Okay. So what what is the name of this song? It's called "Sings My Songs." Is it about anyone, or is it like like bread and diary? Well, that's or? the thing. Is, is it this, about the waitress? So the the front man he writes these songs. I don't always know what his songs are about, uh-huh. so I'm gonna have to ask him about that. Okay. Yeah. All right. We'll report back because we want to promote it next Friday. All right. All right. When we come back, we talk about the old people moving in with their adult children. Yeah, more parents moving in with the young children. This is crazy. Doing it while they're younger, healthier, and sometimes still working. <laughs> and that's on the way from 93 WIBC. Now, you you agree with me, right? I do know some of their songs, but I think it was for a very short amount of time. They were like a shooting star, but they flamed out really quickly. We were having an emphatic discussion during the break, and I said we need a bread day on Monday because Mm -hmm. bread is one of the most underappreciated bands of all time. Mm -hmm. And the Casey was being very flippant. As was Kevin, because Kevin gets a little grin on his face when mm-hmm. he thinks I'm being ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And then I started reading mm-hmm. the list of hits that Bread had. Baby, I'm a want you. And look, like, okay, think about how many how many bands. You you can both can weigh in on this. How many bands, groups, individual artists mm-hmm. can say they had at least three mega hits? <laughs> a lot. How many? No, no, no. Seriously, start start real. I'm talking like epically large uh-huh. mega. Songs that were hits. Okay, you want me to start naming bands yeah, that have it. more songs than Brad? No, no, I'm not saying more. I'm saying three. Van and, Halen. Oh, okay. Rolling Stones. Okay, right. You too. Yep. Think about the bands you're naming. The na- Who. Yep. Okay. Think about the list you're naming here. Now I'm going to name you the list of Brad songs that I would consider between 1969 and 1972 were mega hits. Eagles. Yeah. yeah okay. Keep going. And you tell me how many, and I think we could all agree these were, whether you liked the song or not, mm-hmm. these were, now Casey, you were around for some of these, <laughs> Kevin and I were not, but our, our more seasoned members of the audience will agree that these were all at the time yes. big hits. All yeah. right. Played Every, at a lot of weddings. Everything I Own, mm-hmm. uh, It Don't Matter to Me, yep. uh, Aubrey, mm. Guitar Man, yeah. Sweet Surrender, mm. uh, did I say Diary? Diary was huge. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, there's just a litany if. of what isn't if one of their songs. Yeah. Was that, yeah, but was that a bit? Was that a mega hit? Yeah. Let's okay. We'll throw it in there. I mean, we're already. At, and I'm just. I'm just freewheeling here. I'm sure I'm missing uh, songs. We're mm-hmm. already at like six or seven mm-hmm. mega hits. Mm-hmm. How many? Mm-hmm. How many bands can say that? A lot. I think they no. also probably have the uh, the best band name of all time. <laughs> Makes me hungry. Yeah. I'm actually craving bread right now. Neither one of you are taking this serious, and it's very serious. (laughs) We're not. We're not taking you serious at all. Uh, The Beatles, there's another band. Exactly. Look at who you're reeling off. You are naming some of the most prolific Mm -hmm. bands of all time. Mm -hmm. There are not in the history of amount of rock bands that there have been. (laughs) I can say NSYNC and the Backstreet Boys had just as many hits. Yeah. That oh. is true. They're, and they, maybe they're like the modern day bread. <laughs> what do we know? <laughs> well, Hammer, Hammer will know because he's a boy band fan when he comes in. Mm-hmm. But Backstreet. Backstreet's back. All, All right. right. Uh-huh. Okay, then what else? Yeah. 
Uh, I, I want it that way. What? What? Very good. Okay, there's two. There's two. So what? We're talking. As long as you love me. 1969 was how many? How many years ago? That was uh. 54. 50, 54 years ago. So, 54 years from that, from 1990, whatever. Do you mm-hmm. think people will still be talking about Backstreet's back? All right, and I want it that way. The Poss- way people are talking about everything I own. Possibly the songs Man, are 20 years diary. old. There's no way modern music. Mm-hmm. By the way. Vo- the reason we're not doing voicemails right now is next hour, there were so many great voicemails, and it's Friday. We're devoting an we entire hour yes, to it. Yes, uh, entire hour to your voicemails. But there is no way that music from 1999, Casey, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. is going to stand the test of time mm-hmm. the way music between, say, 1969 and 1974 still holds up today. There's no way. There's no song that you can offer from, I'm just picking a random ass year at the end of the 90s, <laughs> 1999 that will stand up 54 or 50 years later or whatever the way music from 1969 and 1974 does. Okay. You were in high school when Backstreet Boys were- Yes, I was. Did you get picked on a lot for liking bread (laughs) and not liking the popular music of the time? Because I just picture you walking around with your walkman in the hallways- (laughs) Just jamming to bread. Mm-hmm. Kev, this may shock you, but I uh, was a. I walked to a beat of a different drummer when I was younger. Yeah. And um, uh, some of us blossom later in life, Kevin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, I always knew that I was going to do better when I got out on my own. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. here's the thing. When you're in high school, and Casey will agree with this, and maybe you will too. I know, Kevin, you went to a ritzy private school, so maybe not the same for you, but poor people like Casey and I who are... Did you go to public school? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yes. Poor people like Casey and I who were subjected to the public school. Mm-hmm. When you're in the public school, your world is that little thing, mm-hmm. right? The idea that there is this world outside. Remember when Christopher Columbus sailed across the world? They used to say that Earth was flat and you will fall off the Earth if you go that far. That's kind of the way being in high school was, where... You kind of knew there was something outside of your little bubble. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you didn't know exactly what it was. And so it was just easier. It's semblance of like the earth is flat outside of your little bubble. I always knew, like Columbus knew, that you could, there was a world out there. You weren't peaking in high school. I was, yeah. I knew there was a great mm-hmm. world voyage out there. And I may go the wrong way and I may be trying to find something else than what I find. But I knew there was going to be something bigger and better that was in front of me. Mm-hmm. And I could not get caught up in the meaningless, clicky, <laughs> ridiculous, not time standing things that mm-hmm. were in front of me in high school. I, I can relate to that. Yeah. So he did have bread on his MP3 player is what oh, MP3, he is, like, yeah. yeah, right. Like I had an MP3 player, Casey. <laughs> I had a CD player in yeah. my room. Yeah. Your your CD man. What were they called? The CD? Yeah. 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 I had, portable I had a CD player. I, I did have a portable CD player. Yeah. And they have that held up for years and years and years and years. And the problem I had with the portable CD player was I kept having to buy portable headphones mm. because the ones you would buy back then, you know, were like the five dollar ones at Walmart, and you would right. always have to continually be replacing your portable CD player. The point of all this is, though, how much of a fan of Bread you are. It's a they were a great band, mm-hmm. and you uh, you watch today on is it Spotify? Is that where the music is now? Yes. On Spotify, there's going to be a whole bunch of hits on Bread from Indianapolis, <laughs> and Bread's. Gonna be like, what the hell happened in Indianapolis why, today? Why are we trending in Indy? That's yeah. so weird. Bread is going to blow up again. Are they still together? Are they still alive? I don't know. Yeah. 
That's uh, a band from your era, Casey. You should know this more than I would. From my era. I was I was one, Rob. One, okay? Let's talk about the old people living uh, with their adult kids. More parents moving in with their young children, and they're doing it while they're younger, healthier, and often still working. They're so, leeching. Yeah, one in four Americans aged 25 to 34 live with their parents or older relatives, and it's a fast-growing segment. It's a multi-generational household trend. This is happening. This is a thing. And it's interesting. And I say this as someone who I live next to a parent, and then my other parent lives very close to me. And Mm -hmm. one of the reasons I have arranged that is so that I can keep an eye on them in their older age. And I feel like I felt like while they were younger and healthier, it would be more beneficial for me to have them around me Mm -hmm. rather than trying to deal with that later on. And so if indeed you, like, I would not want my parents living with me, but if you lived in a place like, say, the South Fork Ranch from Dallas Mm -hmm. or uh, the Crystal DeHaan house that recently sold, that might not be a bad idea because then you can keep track of your parents. Mm -hmm. And it's probably better for everyone for a more sustainable healthier, happier, older existence. Well, and a lot of people are doing it for to reduce daycare costs. Oh, yeah, it's interesting. Which you will soon find yeah. out that if you and your beautiful wife both continue to work after baby girl is born, what are you going to do during the day? Now, it's expensive. Now, isn't that, it's interesting you say that because I have a approach because my wife, uh, uh, she works, and so we're trying to figure out what she's going to do after the baby. She can mm-hmm. go back to work. She can stay home, whatever. And it's interesting because when you approach this subject with your parents, mm-hmm. how they respond to it differently. So we're talking about this with my mom, and she's like, oh, my gosh, your dad and I will totally watch this baby mm-hmm. every single day. I was like, well, I don't really want to put that burden on you. Oh, I don't have anything else to do. Mm-hmm. It'll be just fine. We'll gladly do it. I said, well, I should probably ask dad about that. Oh, he won't care at all. We'll gladly watch <laughs> this baby. And then I have... Sort of approached this with my dad, who mm-hmm. he's very active, plays golf, uh, you know, almost every day. And I said, you know, mom said you and her would be willing to watch the baby every day. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about every day. So nearly one in five Americans live in multi-generational homes and it's trending up. In 22, 14% of all home buyers were setting up multi-generational homes. And when I lived in Granger, we were on a cul-de-sac and a new family moved in and they bought the house. And over a year's time, we watched them convert the garage into more family space. Well, that's interesting. And they were doing it because it was a multi-generational home and the garage became the living space for the parents. It's interesting. And they did have young children and it, it, it seemed odd to watch it then, but now they seem like they were the smartest ones on the block. If you've got the space to do it, and right. let's face it, it is happening because as we've talked about, and we're going to play a lot of voicemails next hour from some older people who have called about, because yesterday we were getting into pe- older people going back to work and then the potential impact on your ability to get social security and what a joke that is because that's your money, but yet you don't get it if you're contributing to society and people talking about that. Let's face it. The, buy, the the last several years and inflation has dramatically squeezed mm-hmm. buying power from every American, mm-hmm. not named Jeff Bezos or Le- LeBron James, and certainly the older people who are on fixed incomes. Mm-hmm. I uh, 
it's not necessarily a terrible idea. It's driven a lot from the pandemic. Yeah. You know, there's this increase in homes that are designed for multi-generational living. And you'll find out it will be very nice to have your parents close by when the baby does come. Uh, Speaking of people who will be leeching off their kids, Hammer will be joining (laughs) us next. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Hey, fam. I'm asking for your support. Help us raise money for St. Jude's Children's Research Hospital. Families never receive a bill from St. Jude for treatment, travel, housing, or food so they can focus on helping their child live. By pledging just $19 a month, you're helping St. Jude give every child with cancer a chance. Help St. Jude save lives. Call 1-800-411-9898. That's 1-800-411-9898 and become a partner in hope today. everybody come on yeah tell me why it is 1048 it's kendall and casey on 93 wibc red who hammers in the studio you know what i you don't remember in high school (laughs) is when this song would be on and you would see these girls whether you were out and about or they were walking down the halls and they were under some delusion Mm -hmm. that Fado or Fezzo or Jimmy or Who the hell is Derek or whoever were in these groups. I don't know what their names were. You know, it was always, oh my gosh, Daniel will be my boyfriend forever. Mm-hmm. Daniel doesn't even know who you are and you're not even in his league. And this was the great, I don't know, it was like amnesia or a spell that was cast mm-hmm. or something mm-hmm. that these girls in the late 90s fell under. With these boy bands, I, I don't. I still to this day do not. I'm understand still confused. It. Who is the boy and who is the girl? Who's Fado? I just I don't know what any of these people's names are. Wasn't Timberlake in one of these groups? Okay, so you're talking about a guy. Okay. Yeah, yeah. You know, I don't know what they're. You know, it's always you're talking about Joey Fazone. I don't all, know. Of all the names you got pulled out of your hat, Fado. I don't. I don't know. I don't. Know. You know, but it was always like you know. Some here, people would go Kenny or Billy or Tony or Jimmy, and you whip Fado out of your hat. You know, it's like you know Daniel. He's the sensitive one, and and Eric. He's the strong one and and you know billy he's the smart one and, and fado would be the one that would rat out his family to a mafia hitman <laughs> you know the beatles were a boy band they were just an early version of it so were the bgs they well you know a, my opinion of the beatles they were a boy band and you know casey you know my opinion of the beatles the mm-hmm. most overrated crock of crap that ever existed in the history of ever where okay. are we ranking new kids on the block against groups like backstreet boys and nsync because i'm telling you another listen, boy band i'm not gonna sit here and act like i'm the biggest new kids fan in the world uh-huh. but when those dudes come to town and mm-hmm. i've said this before downtown transcends into the Million Milf March, <laughs> and it is nothing but hot moms as far as the eye can see. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing, okay, and, and, and I have been to one of those, and my favorite memory of that was the women's restroom line was like snaked down the hall at Gainbridge, <laughs> and there was nobody. In, I went in the men's room, and it was like no problem. It was no, there was no one there. It was it was great, but that's a very select group of people mm-hmm. that are going to that. I'm not arguing that they will sell out Gamebridge Fieldhouse the next time the new kids on the block come back. I'm not arguing that at all. But that's a very finite group of people in a state of 7 million people. You're not hearing new kids on the block still on the radio today. On B105 you do. 
hanging tough. How the often do you stuff? hear? How often do you hear? You should get your buddy Sean Copeland on the phone and find out. <laughs> I'll get my buddy Sean Copeland. You get your buddy Jim Lucas, and we'll play euchre together. <laughs> and find out how often the, the new kids on the block gets played on B one zero five seven. How many spins? It's probably. I, I don't know what kind of rotation it is, it's in, but it, it's probably at least one or two a week. So more what? or less than Rick Astley. It's got to be like, got to be less. A little right? less yeah. than Rick Astley. I think so. Because wouldn't New Kids on the Block be a, if we're ranking them on the like music test, they would be a D. Yeah, I mean that's kind of got the oh wow factor uh-huh. where oh wows turn into oh no yeah, really quickly. You can't, you can't play. You can't play. Right. Yeah, it's, it's not, not a recurrent right. oldie. Right. But it could be in the rotation. Yeah. So yeah. the question I posed to to you and Kev, who are totally not taking serious at all, the oh status- yeah, the people that don't take Fredo seriously or Fado <laughs> or Fez or whoever the hell you said I had a hard time things, taking you seriously <laughs> i wasn't consuming boy bands in the 90s mm-hmm. um <laughs> they weren't taking bread's place in the musical uh, musical archive or hierarchy mm-hmm. seriously mm-hmm. uh will i mean bread's music is now 50 years old and you will still hear it actively played on the radio. What are the big hits from Bread? Oh, yeah. Diary, Everything I Own. Oh, I'll, I'll just gladly read those to you again here because I know you want to hear. Uh, everything I Own, Make It With You, Lost Without Your Love, It Don't Matter to Me, Aubrey, Guitar Man, Diary. I mean, all these songs you will still actively hear okay. on a station like B105. Counterpoint. I have DJed probably 300 weddings yeah. in my life. I've never had one request for bread. <laughs> not a single one. Not on the paperwork that I have them fill out beforehand. Not as a first dance. Not as a party song. Not as nothing. Nobody, you know, a drunk uncle hasn't come up. Hey, play bread. That has never happened once. You've never had diary as the first dance no. song or uh, no. everything I own or make it with you. Or Point is, Not hammer. even your wedding. The first one. <laughs> no. Nobody requested bread. Nobody. Um... My point on this is, will you still be actively hearing, so their their music is 50 years old, will you still be actively hearing music from the mid to late 90s in, uh, with the regular mm-hmm. gusto that you still hear music like bread, but fill in any of that music from the late 60s and early 70s. Will you still be hearing music from the mid 90s, 50 years, 50 years from the mid 90s? Yes. I would say yes, and again, this would be more of a Nige deal than me, because he's like the rock guy more than I am, but I think the grunge music that Mm -hmm. started, I would say mid-90s, it transformed a type of music. So Nirvana, Mm -hmm. Pearl Jam, Mm -hmm. uh, Soundgarden, those three bands, I think they, Green Day, Day. I think they survived the test of time like bread. I agree with that. You're going to- Chili Peppers. You're going to put- Yeah, Chili Peppers. Foo Fighters. Yep. Where, where, where? Smashing you, Pumpkins. You, you think the Smashing Pumpkins? Fifty years from now, people Stone are gonna, Temple Pilots on regular rotation. You're going to still be hearing radio stations that play the Smashing Pumpkin, Pumpkins, and Stone Temple Pilots. Yes, Blink One Eighty Two. That makes me feel really old. That Blink One Eighty Two came out in the mid like 90s but they totally did how did you ever get hired to program a radio station what are you talking about rob these are all like (laughs) the music you pick on this show and again i know it's always death when people talk music on a talk show and i've tried to tell you this time and time again but my god the music you select on this show (laughs) i can actually hear people turning the station like yes i want to hear rob go off the rails he's getting ready to get into a literal fist fight (laughs) with jim lucas but my god if i hear fogelberg one more time i'm gonna slit my wrist hey who you betting on at the iu game tomorrow what are we doing 
man, it's going to be tough for IU to win up there. IU stinks on the road. They stink on the road. Yeah, they do. Everyone stinks on the road in the Big Ten, though. Right. Why is that? Is it that hard? Are, they, are these college kids that distracted by being yelled at by other college kids? I don't know. I think it's just that home court advantage in the Big Ten. Like, think about the way the SEC is in yeah. football. I kind of think that's what the Big Ten is with basketball games. And I think Purdue probably wins this thing. But Mike Woodson has always kept it close. In the three games he's had with Purdue, he's won two of them. And the one they lost at Purdue last year, they were in it until the end. Is this one of these ridiculous spreads where it's like eight points? I have not seen it yet. I was trying to predict what I thought it would be the other day, and I would have bet seven and a half. Now, I have not seen it yet, so I'll have to take a look. So what's coming up on your show this afternoon other than crappy bumper music? (laughs) (laughs) All bread all the time. (laughs) No. Tony Kennett fills in for Big Nights today, and it's Beer Sample Friday. Thank you, Hammer. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time.